welcome back. What's up? What's up, knobs? How you doing? Doing all right. How was your day? For a Monday. It's fucking hot. <laughs> it's a yeah, hot fucking day. I uh I went out golfing today at Firestone Golf Course. Is this is this why I got delayed? Because you're over there golfing. Yeah, I had to wait for the food. Fancy schmancy, you son of a bitch. Hey. Yeah. It was worth it. For you. Exactly. <laughs> Not for me. Don't stifle my needs. <laughs> Firestone golf course is not a need. Good lord. I've never played it before. The professional golfers play there. Yeah, I know. BJ Tour. Yeah, I shot at 84 on a course I've never seen before, so that's pretty awesome. Bill? I have no idea what par is for that. 72. Oh, wow. Nice. I shot pretty good. Yeah. Um... What's going on with... Uh, oh, I see you picked up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch there. I did. I played the first little bit with the Guardians, and then I've been playing other things. Yeah. What you, would you think of the little snippet that you played? I really hate playing on the Switch. Really? I do not like the Joy-Cons. Oh, I don't use those. I have, like, a Pro Controller. I just play with that. Yeah, see. You got to get one of those. Just I, okay. Just order one. It's, I just yeah. like they feel so like loose and. I, I don't. I only use the Joy-Con. I used them for Super Mario Odyssey because that game's old. Some... <laughs> like the little thing, the little plus symbol came out, hit the plus sign. I'm like, what fucking button is that? Like, there's no <laughs> D-pad anywhere. Right. That threw me off too because it does look more like a D-pad than it. Because the plus symbol on the Switch is a little bit more rounded, but it looked just like a D-pad. I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing a good bit of that. I've unlocked some more people. I'm really enjoying it. But I hear I, it's really good. I don't know that it's really good. I think I just, I really like licensed games now, man. I'm that guy. Like, I, <laughs> I've i been playing licensed shit, and, like, that's been my, my thing recently. I don't, that's been your jam? Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's, I mean, and there's been good licensed stuff, you know, like Spider-Man and the Batman games and stuff, but uh, it's... It's also kind of stupid. It's not that I've limited myself to licensed games. Those are the only ones that have really interested me. I played a little bit of the Gears 5 tech test, which is... Just, oh, did you? Just uh, just more Gears of War, you know, some newer weapons. That's all it has to be. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm getting it, obviously, but I'm not as I'm not really stoked for it. I'm not excited. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited for the new Call of Duty. What? Modern Warfare. It looks so fucking cool, dude. It really... And I'm not a big Call of Duty guy. I, do, I like the Infinity Ward ones, which this one is. And they've they've redone the engine finally after using this engine for like 15 fucking Ward years. I think Infinity Ward does it. What's Can that? It, do, what, Infinity Ward's back on Call of Duty? Oh, yeah. They rotate studios every like two years. But I thought Infinity Ward spawned, or Infinity Ward spawned off into Respawn. For the, the most part, Titanfall. yeah, but the it's Infinity War pretty much a name only, but oh, they've okay. um, they have they've they've done a better job on the games that I I really hate Treyarch. Everybody loves the Treyarch, the Black Ops, and I fucking really? I hate their games. I, they're they're cartoonish, and to me, it kind of go that's it's just antithetical to what Call of Duty was, which was you know that they designed those games to honor men and women who have served, and they were kind of you know. I don't want to say realistic, but, you know, kind of, you know, they tried to stay true to life, but still be a video game, yeah, you know, real and world, real world weapons. And right. Yeah. And, you know, they tried to show respect to that stuff. And then Treyarch came in and they added zombies and, and every all I turned it into like Rambo three, basically, you know, it's just over the top. <laughs> it's more actually not even Rambo three. It's more like Commando. 
you know it's just ridiculous you're walking around with a mini gun just mowing people down and it's just it's so stupid i hate the Treyarch games so much i hate the multiplayer i hate everything they did with Preach. multiplayer yeah I, it's well i'm in a minority on that one no like, you're not they seem to be really not popular well okay <laughs> but yeah but a lot but people online though they seem to prefer and i i just don't get it like i i love the especially modern warfare one and two were really really good the single player and the multiplayer and both of those was fantastic and that was true infinity ward before they branched off into respawn but this new one like they're going back well first of all they're doing modern warfare which that's what i love is just the 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 real current weapons i'm not into world war ii weapons i'm definitely not into world war one weapons like battlefield is done yeah that was such a clever thing that could have worked it's but just it not did. my thing. I, I'm I'm a visual guy, and I like to see cool. I don't want to see old school fucking muskets on my screen. It should. <laughs> I and all things like that game was gorgeous. It just. Oh, they are gorgeous. I I won't it, it, argue man, that. Fucking Battlefield Five, like man, like that just. It was a good idea, but it just wasn't. It didn't have the like, the didn't capture the fun that four was. Yeah, and I think the fun that four was is it was modern. Yeah, I, I like that aspect. I like, I like you know the ACOG scopes and the reflex sights and all that kind that, of stuff. And I really like the like the single player like one off mission stuff. Like I thought that stuff was really good. Yeah, like uh, in Battlefield One and Five, like they did a really good job of like different theaters of war. That was really interesting. Yeah. Well, this one from from the little bit of YouTube stuff I've seen for the new Modern Warfare, it's, it's kind of going back to that vibe of Modern Warfare one and two. Um, you know, still it's still action movie. You know what I mean? It's it's a video game. It's not going to be hundred percent true to life, but it's still it just it looks more like they're going back to their roots of you know trying to um, kind of honor people who who served and have, have seen battle and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's cool. It's called Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> it's I not never, zombies. I, I never got that from those games, but okay. Oh, okay. Well, just like little quotes on screen and everything. They they remind me. They, they were clearly influenced by like Saving Private Ryan and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they were trying to do that, evoke that kind of emotion yeah, I mean, and entertainment. Too. What's that? Call of Duty Two was the one that did that. Like we fight in Stalingrad, you know, opening fight. Right. But I, I just mean though, even even tonally, you could tell they they weren't. You know, they weren't trying to make like super act. You know, the first Modern Warfare, the guy you're playing as dies from, uh, you know, the fault of uh, a nuclear bomb goes off. And he, yeah. and he like stuff like that. Like, that's not that they're trying to be realistic. They're not trying to make one guy that oh, survives man. Did everything. You play Battlefield 5's opening? No, I didn't play any. Oh, that Battlefield was nuts. 5. No. Where you literally went from one oh, wait, soldier. That's not true. I did play that. Yeah. One soldier to the next to the yeah. next. Like, you were never supposed to survive any of those fights. Yeah. And just. Just showing you the toll. That's funny because that's that's how uh, when I first played Battlefield, it was called Battlefield 2 Modern Combat. It was like a port of Battlefield 2 to the Xbox, the original Xbox. And their single player campaign basically was just a version of the multiplayer. But what you could do, you could literally warp from class to class like while you're playing. That's what it reminded me of when I played the I did play the beginning of Battlefield 5. Because it was it was free on the game or I don't know it was game of the month so I downloaded it and played like the intro or something, gorgeous game. Yeah. Um, that that's what it reminded me. I was like, holy crap, this is like Battlefield Two from back in two thousand. Well, here's the double sword. Double sword we have with uh, with technology now is that camouflage actually fucking works now. Yeah. I can't see anybody. 
I swear, like, it drives me nuts. Like, I didn't see that dude. He was literally, like, three feet in front dude, of me. Dude, that's what I hate about, uh, you know, they, they make the uh, the Star Wars Battlefront 2, which I, I love the game, but I hate when you play as the Stormtroopers and you're on Endor. <laughs> it's, like, it's so frustrating. Genius. <laughs> right? just Genius. Just like, like, come on, man. Just... I know it looks like there's eyes over there, but that just could be a snow drift. <laughs> nope. It's death. Uh, it's very frustrating. I, w- I wish they could just give us give the stormtrooper some camo. I know it doesn't go with the movie, but come on, man. All the rebels are running yeah, around. They kind of had it on. Well, actually, it was on Endor, wasn't it? What's up? Endor was one with the Wookiees. That was the Ewoks. You're thinking of Hoth. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm thinking what I'm saying is when you play as a stormtrooper on Endor, everybody sees you. And that's yeah. what I hate. As, because you're white and the the rebels are camouflaged. But in Return of the Jedi, I thought they had. Well, no, they didn't. A couple no, of them did. They they really didn't. They were just white. They were they tan. Had, they were tan. No, they were white. They're, they were khaki. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were just white. <laughs> there was no there was no attempt to camouflage. Well, they were a little dirty. Uh, they might have gotten a little dirty, but the, yeah, the rebels are camouflaged quite well. They wear camouflage, for instance. And the stormtroopers just do not. They're just bright white, and so I guess Strength you could have the opposite numbers. with with it's Hoth. so overt. It's covert. <laughs> uh, but even the rebels wear white. So both sides have trouble seeing each other on Hoth when you when you play the Hoth levels. Uh, but yeah, but when you're as soon as it's indoor and you're a stormtrooper, you're like, God fucking damn it! Like you have no chance. You just have no chance of sneaking up on anybody unless they just have their back turned. Uh, all right. What else is going on? Um, so did you see anything fun lately? Um, I did. I I watched the boys. I want to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I haven't yet. I really want. I want to see that too. Um, but yeah. So we watched the boys, and I don't want to give any spoilers just because it just came out. So well, what'd you think? I I really liked it. It was, um, I haven't read the whole comic series. I've read most of it, though. So I think they were faithful in a lot of ways. Um, and, and in some ways, they weren't faithful at all. But th- they made some good decisions. They, they kind of lost a little bit of the dark humor. Like, I mean, there was dark humor in it, but it wasn't as much as in the comics. Well, that's just pretty much Butcher. Like, so, the whole time was just there's just unbelievably glib at every turn. Yeah, and that's that's him in the comics, except he's... If, if he's at 10 in the show, he's at like 12 in the comics. He's even better in the comics because it's just Garth Ennis un, unfiltered. Um, like in the comics, he like the whole they're actually kind of sanctioned in the comics. So when he goes to talk to the lady who, who's kind of over watching. Well, I don't I don't know who I don't remember her name, but no, she's like a younger lady. They have hate. They hate fuck every time they see each other. Oh. They hate each other, but they always they always fuck every time <laughs> he goes in there and stuff like that. But yeah, it was. Uh, I liked it though. I liked how it ended. I, they've already approved a season two, which is great. I honestly, I didn't see that ending coming. Maggie did, which surprised. Like, yeah, Maggie saw that coming. Well, I did notice like there was a story that didn't jive with what you had just heard, and you're like, well, that's right. But I thought something I was different. Like, okay, though. that I guess could count as that thing, but uh, no, not see, really. I thought that was. Uh, I thought she was just lying again. I didn't realize it was, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, but her, did her uppins come or what? <laughs> that was unexpected, right? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I did that not. That was pretty I cool. I really liked her character, too. I did, too. <laughs> and I hadn't seen her in anything since, uh, I don't want to give away that, but 
since a movie about babysitting in the 80s. <laughs> Come on, you've um, seen Elizabeth Shue in, like, what was it, Leaving Las Vegas? She was really good in that. She was in, uh, fuck, I've seen her in something a little more recent than that even, but I don't remember what it was now. Now, like that, I mean, there are some scenes in that that just were so expertly shot. Yeah. Um, I think this stuff, uh, can we talk about at least what happened in episode one? Sure. Like episode one, that scene where that dude runs through his girlfriend. <laughs> That's straight out of the comics. Like, and it took me a second to realize what happened. Yeah. And then he gets hit with the blood spatter, looks over, and there's a mandible floating in the air and a pile of goo yeah. and bones and stuff. And oh, yeah, that was that was difficult. That's, I thought, dude, uh, was what's his uh, Dennis Quaid's kid? Yeah. Legit. I thought he was great. What was cool, too, is they had Simon Pegg as his dad. Yeah. And Huey in the comics is based on Simon Pegg. Really? He looks just like Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg wrote the wrote the forward for like the trade, pa- the first trade paperback. He did. He didn't like give permission. He just he was just happy to see himself in the comic. And w- and so he ended up writing I like, like when stuff like that happens. Right. It's like with Sam Jackson in the in the MCU and stuff. Yeah. Um, they, they based that character on him. But that the scene where the the mayor of Baltimore is, is trying to strong arm the situation with having the supers in Baltimore. Yeah. And him eavesdropping about the conversation and he's up in the sky and that scene where he turns and his eyes turn red at the plane. I was like, Oh, what a horrifying sight. (laughs) Like you knew that dude had a screw loose right from the get go. That's the one thing I don't like about his casting. The actor is fine, but he just has an evil face. Like he doesn't look like a clean Superman to me. You know, well, he's shaved. He's got the hairstyle. Well, especially with like his mannerism stuff. Like I don't think he's supposed to be like clean. Like you know, there's something off, but you can't prove it. I just feel like his. Like, I don't know. A brand. I think Ruth he looks like a cut rate Chris Pine, but that's just me. Kind of, but his, Even there's something with voice. his teeth. His teeth are yeah. like. Yeah, and it's like, I wish they would have had, like, Brandon Ruth in there or something like that. You know what I mean? Just somebody that's super nice and then just turns, you know? Like, I think that would have been oh, a lot man, cooler. good casting. Oh! <laughs> Too bad uh, he's busy with DC. Yeah. Uh, but no, The Boys is, is good stuff. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. It's only eight. I like that it was only eight episodes. They didn't try to extend anything. I didn't feel like there was really any wasted time for the most part. No, um, not really. I thought, that, honestly, my fa- favorite character by the end of that was the French dude. Oh, yeah? Did not see that coming at all for me. Frenchy. Frenchy. Oh, I like Starlight a lot. I liked her arc. I liked the chick who played her. Um, I, li- I don't know. I liked everybody. You know? I liked Elizabeth Shue, uh, Carl Urban. I love Carl Urban in almost Carl anything was, I've yeah. seen him in. He's hard to... It, like, man, like I can't think of a movie I did not like his character in. Yeah. Like I think his weakest performance would probably be Blade or not Blade, uh Riddick Chronicles. No. Yeah. But he really didn't have much to work with. Yeah, he was supposed to be a stiff in that, so literally. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> Necromonger. No, that was, yeah, the boys was good stuff. Uh what else did I get into? Well, let's let's just get into spawn. Because yeah. I those um, forwards are terrible. <laughs> just, <laughs> just awful. They're not. Even, it's hard to even say they're so nineties because they're really not. They're no. more eighties. You know, <laughs> like they're no, not even ni- even though they're from late nineties. I, Todd, I appreciate all the works you've done. Yeah, but Jesus, so unnecessary. Dial it down. Those were not on. So I only saw 
that stuff on VHS. I didn't have HBO at the time, and as soon as it came out on VHS, I went and bought it. I remember it had like a lenticular cover and every the first season. And I swear, it, I think I don't think they had those because I don't remember seeing those in the VHS. I don't version. remember seeing them on every episode. Every episode, like it's uh, like oh great, there's another moral quandary brought to you by Todd McFarlane. <laughs> So, so this that whole thing sent me down like a rabbit hole. I ended up covering Todd McFarlane on my other podcast yesterday. Um, well, I guess it came out today. Technically, did you ever watch that um, that documentary about the the rise of Image Comics? I started to, and I fell asleep. But yeah, I was watching it though. Um, that had some really good moments in it. It, it really hate, makes me hate Rob Liefeld even more than I already do. I just can't stand that guy. He's just so cocky and arrogant and. And it's a shame because, you know, he created Deadpool, he created Cable. Uh, he had a reason to be cocky. That's I don't care. But There's no was, reason to be cocky. But here's the thing. You don't have to be a dick. I don't think dick. he's ever really, well, that happens. I know it does happen, but I don't, there's just no, look at, Todd McFarlane has accomplished way more, in my opinion. So has Jim Lee. Exactly. And they're neither, and Jim Lee's humble as fuck. Todd I'm McFarlane honestly, just seems like self-aware, down to earth, and is like, I, I watched a whole interview with him on, I watched two different interviews with Todd McFarlane. And he, he's like, he's like, I consider myself uh, below average to average artist. And I'm like, dude, he's way better than that, <laughs> first of all. Well, <laughs> because because he's a perfectionist and he doesn't feel he's done it right enough. And that's and that's what makes his art so makes his art that's evolved and has gotten better. His art is way better now than it used to be. And I, I just love that he has his own style. And that, that's what I covered on the podcast, actually, was just the fact that he, you know, he came into Marvel, he brought his style and I went through on Marvel Unlimited and started looking at all the issues, not all the issues, but a lot of the issues before he came on Amazing Spider-Man at like 298. Every everybody that drew Spider-Man, it all looked like John Romita, no matter who was drawing it, it all had like it just looked like John Romita. And I know we talked about this last week, but he came on. He brought his own style, and it just, like, as you go through the progression, you get into, like, past 300, you get to, like, 313, you start seeing the panels going crazy and the big splash pages. And yeah. It, they, and he brought that whole thing, and Marvel was against it, like, the whole time. They were like, no, but the sales were going up, so he was like, what he's the like, fuck? Yeah, he's like, what do you want me to do? Right. I'm going to draw more knots on the web. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I, I, he just brought his own, he, he said that their point of view was that he was, uh, you know, he was saying that the old style wasn't good. He was like, no, I just want to bring my own style. I didn't want to draw like John Romita. John Romita is amazing. I'll never draw like John Romita, though. I, you know, I, I want to do my own thing. I just want to bring it into the into the 90s or whatever with with the crazy dynamic poses and, and page layouts and everything. And uh, and dude, what he really did when you look at comics now, like you can really tell what you know, when you look at Ryan Otley's Spider-Man versus J. Scott Campbell Spider-Man versus Humberto Ramos's Spider-Man. You could see the difference. They let the artists bring well, their now, style to it yeah, now. And, and that goes that, back to him. Right. That wouldn't have happened if they didn't say, fuck the establishment. We're going to do this ourselves. Right. And, yeah. That goes, and it it all was, goes back to McFarlane. It's one of the most important moments in, in comic books, especially not just in our generation, but moving forward as a medium. Right. Um, I mean, way better than... Uh, the uh, what what is it? The 2000 AD comics. What were they called? The one Judge Dredd's like yep. that line. Like that was their own thing, and that had its own sort of style to it. Yeah. But I think they latched onto that same crazy artwork thing that that image brought to the table. Yeah. 
like that hyper realistic over specialized over emphasized things on them um oh man it was just it's just good good work but spawn so if memory serves me right that last ep- last episode with like the whistling wheat reapers at the end yeah leads into a ve- leads into where actually the spawn of the comic gets really good yeah and it just stops <laughs> See, all right, so just to clarify, we are talking about the 1997 animated Spawn series that aired on HBO. It yep. lasted three seasons before it got canceled. And uh, I still hold that season one is the best season. And I found out part of the reason why is that the, the guy that worked, Alan McElroy, only worked on that season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two seasons are incredibly slow, uh, very decompressed and drawn out. And uh, I think they thought they had more time than they had. Well, and they're they're not terrible. But the one thing, one of the reasons I've I've never been a huge like, here's the weird thing about me. I really like Spawn. But at the same time, I don't think Spawn is very good. I just it's a lot of brooding, a lot of inner monologuing. And I'm, I'm not really into that. And it's tons of that tons of him you know and it looks cool when he's on the church on top yeah. of the cross or whatever but it's just it's all stuff like the first so 10 much yeah. <laughs> first 10 issues yeah and he's just inner monologuing like the whole time in the comics and then even into the show and keith david's great uh doing the voice of spawn but uh again going back to the writing so here's my thing with spawn in general comics movie show is I don't really understand his purpose, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it, and maybe you can help me with this. All right, and I'm gonna explain this okay. to to listener here. All right, so Spawn's origin. His name is Al Simmons. He is some sort of like black ops commando type assassin dude for the government, right? Super soldier Correct extraordinaire, so and uh, he gets betrayed. I think he's at some point he becomes like a mercenary and works for Jason Wynn, um, and then like, you know, PMC or whatever, Jason Wynn turns on him for some reason. I don't really know. I don't think it really matters and has another uh, Merc kill him. This guy named Chapel kills him. He gets sent to hell. Uh, One of his best friends, by the way, too. Right. Um, He gets sent to hell, meets uh, one of Satan's lieutenants, Malbolgia, 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 I don't know. Malbolgia. Malbolgia. Well, Malbolgia is, okay, not so much one of the lieutenants, but is lord of one of the levels of hell. Okay. So each hell has their own Malbolgia-type character. Okay. So he meets this guy, and uh, Malbolgia says, hey, I will let you see your, like, Al Simmons only cares about his, he's married to this, this chick named Wanda, and he only wants to see her again. So he strikes a deal with Malbolgia that he can see Wanda again if he agrees to lead Hell's army in the apocalypse. So he agrees. He gets double crossed and he gets sent back to Earth. But it's five years later. So Wanda has moved on after Al Simmons's death. She is married to Al Simmons's best friend. She has a kid with him and he is stuck wearing this symbiotic costume. And now he's homeless. And then that's at the point where I'm kind of like and then like in the comics, he just ends up fighting people at random, and I don't really know what he's supposed to be doing. Like, he doesn't seem to really have a purpose other than to look cool on the top That's of the, the church. Thing. It takes, like, 30 <laughs> issues for them to start focusing on what he's supposed to be doing. I didn't get that far in to the spawn. That's, and that's the, and I, that's the hardest part about is about explaining it. It's like being as you know a fan of it and not really saying that it's awesome at any point. It has its moments where it's stellar. 
Um, but from that point on, like his purposes, and that's the other thing that doesn't really take much of in the show is he has a finite amount of energy. Right. With the symbiote. Right. The, yeah, his necroplasmic energy has like he'll die again, I guess. Well, no, that he's just nothing. Oh, well, he actually, no, he's just another drone in the army. Oh. Now that he's allowed to lead, or he's being groomed to lead, and part of sending him back was to get him to re-break. So he's like, fuck it, I got him in. I'm all in. Oh, okay. So they're trying to dissuade him from any sort of humanity that he had. Okay. But his his ties to, to Wanda and, and actually Earth, and that's through, like, Callistro's guidance... And Callistro even ends up betraying him, beheading him at some point. Yeah. Because that's allegedly the only way to do it, but somehow he survived and then tied his face together with a shoestring when he met Batman. Um, <laughs> which, which maintains canon through the rest of his run. His face is tied together with a shoestring. Yeah. Which is... Well, now, from what I've been reading, I've actually been getting caught up, and it, he's, his face is, like, healed now. It's a different spawn. No, no, no. It's Al Simmons still. That's weird. Yeah. Al Simmons is back. No, they did replace him for a while. I did some research. Uh, he got replaced by a white guy named Jim Downing. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Al Simmons, like... That's when I tapped out. And then... But now Al Simmons is back, and his face is healed. But now, now the book... So I started... I picked it up at, like, 295. They're coming up on 300. I jumped on the hype train for that. And... uh Picked it up at like 295. He finally killed Violator in that issue. I don't know if it's the first time, but uh, he actually ripped Violator's head off. Oh, no. He killed him more than once. Oh, okay. That's what I figured. But so Spawn, like the whole thing, the storyline that's going on now is uh, everything that Spawn has done. He's been playing some amazing chess game, apparently, with both Heaven and Hell. And now he's more powerful than ever, ready to take on both. That happened, uh, I think, in the hundreds. Where he actually broke the universe. <laughs> well, and it was it was such a clever way to do this because uh, I mean, uh, God ends up being this little old lady that shows up every now and again, <laughs> um, and then uh, I think at some point uh, uh, the kid Cyan Cyan ended up being possessed by some sort of benevolent spirit at some point. Hmm. Um, he literally, literally. Kills Malboja and absumes all his powers. I know, I knew, I've, I knew that. Um, but here's the thing now: part of his motivation is Wanda is dead, which she's not supposed to be, I guess. Shit. Yeah. So Spoilers. he's kind of lost all his. Uh, um, you know, he's not invested in anybody's shit anymore because Wanda's dead, and I think Terry's missing. I don't know where Cyan is. I tell you one thing about McFarland: he could draw some really good-looking kids. He can draw anything. I love his like, art style. Like the period. kids just look so innocent. Yeah. Like it blows my mind. He, I like the way he does eyes a lot. A lot of it yeah. is because of the way he does the eyes. And there's there's really cool moments in the, the early Spawn stuff. You know, when he takes on overt kill or when he teleports oh, inside that one guy and fucking bursts out of him and yep. shit like that. Like, But at the same time, I never felt because I, I never really understood what was happening. Like, why are these people here? What's his mission? It, <laughs> like, it, it, dude, I'm telling you, it meanders. I don't think he knew what the fuck was going on. Right. Like, I think he was just trying to find his footing and trying. He knew where he wanted to go. He just couldn't figure out how to get there. And he just kind of worked it out on, on issue, issue, issue per issue basis. So getting back to the cartoon, which um, uses a lot of the stuff from the comics, but at the same time, it doesn't. 
but it's it's a lot darker. It's a lot less action. Again, a lot more brooding than in the comics. Shit, I think did they do the anti spawn in this one. Not in the no, not in the, in the show, not in the cartoon. But you get to meet Angela though. Well, yeah, in one episode, but then she disappears because uh, the the legal issues with uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, because I guess he create he he said he created her, and um, so he was that's why she just she was literally in there for one one episode yeah, of the show, the and then they switched thing. to that that Asian chick, yeah, who basically took on a very Angela like role. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what that tied into. What I don't like about now, I I really enjoyed the uh, the first season and the other two seasons. Again, that they, they could they could have condensed them down. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen more Spawn. Everything it's just you just see his eyes, <laughs> like almost well, the whole time. But that's it's just part his eyes. of the design of that character. It's like this, like the they were anti comic book. They were trying to go so atmospheric with yes. it, where all you saw was bits of the red cape in his eyes. Right. That's supposed to be terrible. As a comic book fan, right. I was just like, I want to see like, Spawn. You have this incredibly well designed character. Like right. I think he's. One of my favorite character designs of all time with the big M on his chest. And it took him forever to see it until it got pointed out that he's branded by Malboja. That's why his suit looks like a giant M. Oh, I thought it looked more like a W. I nope, have to look at it it's again. It's an M. That's, huh. Um, um, same thing with Violator's face. Has the M on his on his, uh, on his his head. Is, it, is, this, is this a stuff you've determined or you read this somewhere? I'm very yeah, good. they call it out in the comic book. Oh, okay. I never noticed. Now I gotta I go look Colistro at my. I think says it at some point too. Gotta go look at my my figure. <laughs> go look at some comics. Yeah, I mean, granted, it's I'm guessing a little bit of a reach, but it's yeah. but they legitimately say that's why it is. Oh, why his suit looks the way it does. Dude, I love Spawn suit is so ridiculous, and I fucking love it. Like with the spikes, it's it's just so fucking oh, metal yeah. and the so nineties. The giant foot yeah. on one side <laughs> where you couldn't even bend your ankle in. Yeah, that. you're like, <laughs> it's so impractical. Is it? It's like a it's like a foot mace. Yeah. Like it's just a bludgeoning <laughs> instrument, and then like the two spikes on the one, and then the giant claw and the gauntlet claw on the other. Like, yeah. oh, it's just it's so strange, but I love it. Yeah, and the cape. The cape work is just unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so the the show is it's on Amazon Prime. It is it is worth checking out, even if you only make it through the first season. It's only six episodes a season. There are terrible intros by Todd McFarlane that are still entertaining in their own right, though. Oh, they're laughably bad. Yeah, laughably like, like you took this this series. Someone made a set for this shit. Yeah, like the boxes of toys and stuff. Dude, I read that um, the first. Oh man, I'm gonna fuck this up. The for season one, the director of those little segments, I think it was like David Fincher or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like before he was anybody. That's not it. true. That he was somebody. He was done seven by then. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not saying the wrong director, but it was like some big name director directed those. And I think it was David Fincher. Oh, uh, well, let's get this lispy dude to do a monologue. <laughs> uh, but dude, I, I do. I love. Todd McFarlane, I love, I've, I've just always just loved that he wanted to go and do Spawn. He wanted to write it. He knows he's not a great writer. He doesn't care. He just wants to do his shit, makes him happy. Yeah. And it's still the biggest selling, best selling independent comic of all time. And now they're coming up on issue 300, which is insane. 25 years Spawn's been out, 26 years or whatever. Uh, that's 27, 27 years now. I think it's been 27 years. Came out in 92. So yeah. 
been about 27 years since Spawn. Does that does that make you feel old, John? Because I, I remember well, the first time I saw Spawn. Other than my 20th, 20th high school reunions coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spawny, Spawny, Spawny. It's, uh, I don't know, it's unique. It's it's a superhero comic. It's an independent superhero comic that was fucking huge in the 90s. And it survived. Video games, TV show, movie, everywhere. You know, isn't he going to be in Mortal Kombat at some point? He's supposed to be in the new Mortal Kombat game, which will probably make me buy Mortal Kombat. Just to, he was in Soul Calibur too. I lo- that was my fa- I bought that one on Xbox. Because yep. Everybody was all excited about Link. I never Cal- understood that. I didn't either. I'm like, dude, I, like, I like I was, Link, but I've like, never wanted to play a fighting game as Link. It's like, yeah, Link, but dude, fucking Spawn, fucking Spawn. And then the other one was like Heiachi from Tekken, which yeah. no one cared about. Uh, but yeah, Spawn. Yeah, that was yeah. that's where it's at. And now they. And now, uh, you can well, you can get spot. Yeah, Soul Calibur two. They re-released that on like Xbox One and everything. I think so. I think that was the best one. HD. It's been my favorite one so far. I love that one, and I love playing a spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, Spawn was brutal. Yeah, he just looks cool. Um, and then, oh, then Todd McFarlane's action figure line, like he basically kickstarted all these detailed figures that we have now. Without McFarlane toys. We would have still been stuck with, you know, like fucking G.I. Joes. <laughs> G.I. Joes and Ninja Turtles, you know? Yeah, we would have been stuck with four inch figures. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had He Man. Those were five inches, but not even the size, just the detail in yeah. this stuff he did. I don't know, man. He Man toys are pretty good. Oh, yeah. A lot of weird stuff that they did. They did. Like yeah. Hordak, still one of, my, one of the favorite toys I've ever seen. So Mattel is releasing all new He Man figures next year. They announced that at, at Comic Con. I'm excited. I've been. I'm excited about that. Neat. Yeah, they're. Uh, they're like. I am happy. I don't have that itch that needs to be scratched. What the toys? Yes. Oh, I love. I love collecting toys. Dude, I cannot. <laughs> I don't think I got room to collect toys. <laughs> you can make room. I you have, get rid of your DVDs. That's what you I need have, to do. DVDs I'm are phasing them out. Okay, but just just get rid of them. So and, well, why do you have Lonesome Dove? Who owns Lonesome Dove? Are you I, popping that in ever? Why do you have that? <laughs> when do you ever get a hankering for Lonesome Dove? Because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> are, you, are you like a middle-aged housewife from 1987? <laughs> I like westerns. <laughs> Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> lonesome. Let's look over. I'm like, Lonesome Dove? Two DVDs of it? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, there's Lonesome Dove and Return to Lonesome Dove. <laughs> With with completely different actors in both roles. Oh my gosh! I think uh, with uh, Robert Duvall and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and then they, they subsequent back with uh, John Voight, <laughs> and I forgot what the other dude is. Wow! It's a hard swing. Man, that's that's an interesting purchase there. All right, sorry, I got I got distracted. It's a good distraction. Hey man, tomorrow. Or well, today if you're a listener, yeah, today tomorrow tomorrow. I cannot wait to watch this in 4K. <laughs> Avengers, cannot wait. In game, 4K. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and wait and just get the hard copy. Oh, oh no, you're gonna wait till you get my digital copy. Well, no, I I need a hard copy. I have I have the Steelbook pre-ordered, but so uh, do I. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if I can. If I can not buy no, the digital copy, no, there's no too. way you're gonna re- uh, re- not give in to this urge. Ah, <laughs> uh, try not to though, because it's killing me right now. Right, it goes live. It is like I just want to see it again and again and again. Ah, oh, yeah, Avengers Endgame. 
But no, yeah, like uh, that's coming out. Uh, Did you see? So uh, I did watch uh, Battle Angel Alita. Oh, how was that? Did you know we were a coin flip away of this coming out instead of Avatar? No. Actually, yeah, kind of. I had it, no idea this was a passion project of James Cameron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, that's what I was going to say. It's like I, that's how I heard of it years and years ago was James Cameron wants to make Battle Angel Alita. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I looked it up and I was like, okay, it's a manga. And I don't know if it was an anime yet at that point. It probably was. I don't I know. I think it, no. I, yeah, I think it was. Um, but this was really probably. I had never, like, I'd never seen it. Like, I got to dig it up again. This was really probably 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. He wanted to do Battle Angel Alita. I'm and glad they waited because this was really cool. So good stuff. Yeah, really good action. So, do you have a hard copy yet or no? I do. Oh, do you? I'll, I, I, I do want to see that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, no, I actually waited because like I had, was almost close to buying it like three times. I'm like, no, I know I have this pre-order. I'm not going to do it. No. Um. No, I really, really liked it. Um, it's the most anime thing I think I've ever seen on screen. Oh no. <laughs> Don't, this is a, that's not a ringing endorsement in, for me in in like in its attempt so it's of, nonsensical and just violent everything's the whole time nonsensical that's not true i hope it's not, not i hope it's not just a bunch of reasons to fight because that's what most anime is and then the fighting is a lot of talking while they fight you mm. killed my father no actually she just wrecks dudes i've seen that in the trailer it looks sweet i mean that's why it looks really cool in the wrecks trailer wrecks dudes I hope but it's, it's uh, I think it's missing a few beats here and there that would really flush out what you, the things that make you care. Yeah. Um, other than just cool action scene to cool action, cool action scene. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's it's good. It's a lot better than Mortal Engines. Fuck. Yeah. Mortal Engines. Are those similar or something? It's an anime. It was based on anime. Oh, OK. Uh, more than just remember the you know the cities are on wheels <laughs> and flying cities like the earth mm. is just fucked and like <laughs> the cities have to move around and consume other cities that survive so all the houses are on wheels like it's okay. weird <laughs> typical anime just weird <laughs> um no i was hoping because be i mean hugo weaving was in it and he's usually good in everything he's in right it was just kind of yeah i think you're the villain like, <laughs> right if you go weaving's in it he's gonna be the villain most just, likely i wouldn't mind being typecast like that though yeah i'll play the villain and everything it's way more fun <laughs> yeah at least you're gonna be able to ham up your lines a little bit right um oh man there was another thing i watched this week too really good oh the fucking detour jesus that show is just gold <laughs> i don't know why everyone isn't watching this show because I've seen it and I just think it's okay. That's why. I I, I, I don't understand it. Like, <laughs> don't you remember? You're the champion of all things mediocre. No, <laughs> it's detour. not mediocre. It's fucking hilarious. It's got some clever lines here and there, but it's it's no oh, thirty rock. Oh fuck! The continuity and it's fucking outstanding. So now they're dealing with Delilah running away, and they had this scene. Maybe unless you haven't really uh, had too many interaction with like hardcore SJW people. Did I show you this line or that scene? Yeah, we talked about it yeah. last week. Well, this, you actually find out what happened in Japan where they were on this fucking game show, which was a callback to the end of season two, um, where they ran into this Japanese family <laughs> and they had a shootout in a fake town in Alaska 
the guy ends up being hosting a Japanese show, and it's the ultimate humiliation, non-legal torture, like, show. Okay. Um, oh, the fucking shit they do to these people. are just fucking... Oh, it's so great. Because <laughs> they reference it through this whole season at this point. Well, at least it's not Japan. We're not talking about Japan ever again. And then they finally reveal what Oh, they what finally reveal what happened on that fucking show. And it was nothing else of the show except what happened in Japan. And it takes place during when North Korea's launching missiles and shit. So it gets sw- just gets swinged down to this little box while all this missile and propaganda shit's happening. I don't know, man. It's fucking genius. <laughs> I do. I fucking love that show. All right. There's a, um, there's a review of the, the detour. I don't even know what channel that's on. It's on TBS. It's very funny. I always forget that TBS still exists. <laughs> like, and I can't say TBS. It's very funny. Without following it up with very funny. <laughs> All right. Or no, it's on FXX, actually. <laughs> no, maybe it is on TBS. Fuck! It seems like a TBS yeah, show. Yeah, it's a TBS show. It definitely seems like a TBS caliber show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't been, haven't been kept up with Archer. I haven't kept up with Archer in years. And I, I like Archer. I just, I don't know why. Oh, I finally, I've rewatched all of uh, the Venture Brothers season seven. Yeah. Fuck, why can't we get more of that show? It's that still on. They just make seasons sporadically. That show's so good. After like season 10 or so, it's like the longest running show on comedy or Cartoon Network or something or Adult Swim. They haven't released a new episode. I don't know how long. <laughs> Because I, I know we're the, never going to finish Metalocalypse, which I, is a bummer. I love the Monarch. Oh, the Monarch's great. <laughs> I love the Monarch. Maggie thinks the Monarch is based on Skeletor. And I was like his voice. I'm like, ah, I could see that. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, oh, dude, Metalocalypse, though. So this is interesting. Uh, like a couple weeks ago, Brendan Small started posting that Metalocalypse was playing a festival, and it was an adult swim festival. So that's... That's a, that's a, you know, that's a good omen. I need to know what happens with the church, the black clock. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, we, people interviewed him about it and he's like, look, you know, we're doing the show. That's, that's all I know right now. So, but hopefully, you know, that means something, but who, who knows? That's so the ex- fact that's that it's exciting, I don't even think he could use the name Metalocalypse, which is why you use like the Galacticon name to, to release stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it like it. I think they just owned all the rights to it and he couldn't even use it. So the fact that Metalocalypse is, or Death Clock, sorry, not Metalocalypse, the fact that Death Clock is headlining a festival, an Adult Swim festival, is pretty crazy. That is so cool. Uh, uh, what else is going on? Uh, in game, I feel like I had a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I feel like I, I was here. all ready to roll, and then I just kind of hit a brain fart right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, the boys was really good. Boys was good stuff. Oh, it's a lot of dead air. It's bad. Sorry, listener. All right, let's pick. Yeah. Let's pick our next. Uh, let's pick our next movie. Well, since we're on image, image comic stuff. Yeah. How about we watch the Max. Oh, I'd love to watch the Max. I've watched that a hundred times. <laughs> I love the Max. That was my favorite image comic back in the day. <laughs> so weird. I loved it. That was like you're talking about inner monologue that was just fucking gold. <laughs> that that shit was funny though, and yeah, let's do the Max definitely. That's on. Well, I guess I have it on Amazon Prime. You don't have to. 
Did you buy the DVD from I them? Did. I think it should unlock it on Prime for you then, because that's how I got it. When I bought the DVD, I, I can watch it on Prime now, too, because they print really? those discs on yeah, demand for, for that show. So, um, yeah, you, you should look and see if it's on there. That way you don't have to put in a goddamn DVD. That's Jeez. where I'm at now, man. <laughs> like, Just full on curmudgeon. Uh, well, except for 4K, though, like when... I was on a big Captain America kick last weekend, watched a bunch of Captain America movies. Streaming 4K is not great. It's missing something. Well, for me, it's the audio. The video looks... I honestly can't tell the difference, but the audio is a lot worse when it's streamed. Uh, I think the movement's a lot crisper off a disc. Oh, I'm sure it is, but I, I can't... I really can't tell. So I, I don't know if... Uh, I'm really, Mr. 240 hertz? No, I don't use that. Fuck that. <laughs> 24. 24 frames, baby. Um... Well, maybe that's why you're seeing issues, though, because you have your, your motion smoothing on. But I've, I've never had, like, visually, I, I truthfully cannot tell a difference unless it's a really, really fast-moving action scene. I might get a little bit of artifacting. But uh, I have my my TV. I have, I have it plugged in with an Ethernet cable instead of Wi-Fi, so I think that might help a little bit. Yeah, that would help a lot. Yeah, and then uh, the 110 meg download speed helps, too, even though I'm sure they don't stream at that rate. No, but the fact that everybody in my house is using the internet simultaneously, well, it definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I'll put in the disc though for 4K stuff typically because the you get the true uncompressed soundtrack that you do not they do not bother streaming that out. That's too much data, I guess. Um, and it it did it, it. I think it's a richer picture for off the disc than. It's just because it's not compressed at all. It's yes, completely exactly. uncompressed, and that's where that's where it should shine. Yeah. Like so, I did some maths. Yeah. On what it would take to digitize my my catalog. Yeah. It ended up coming up around sixty three terabytes. Wow. I was looking at NAS systems, and those are uh, network attack attached storage. Uh, for in case you don't know, um, and. Best Buy sells like 16 terabyte ones for like six or seven hundred dollars, which obviously I could build one for cheaper, I'm sure. Not really. No, not for the volume. So each Blu-ray is about 50 gigabytes worth of, worth of data. Some of them are 25, though. You got to <laughs> estimate on the high side here, man. Yeah. Every DVD gotcha. is about four and a half. Really, it's four point three. OK. Some of them are dual layer, which are eight. So you kind of kind of take the meat, the meat yeah. in there. So. I have like 835 Blu-rays and 850-some-odd DVDs left. And then I had 101, 101 uh, 4K discs, Ooh. which are 100 gigab gigabytes each. Now, some of those are redundant, though, right? Like, I mean, you probably no, have a DVD and a Blu-ray and a 4K of some stuff. Great titles. Yeah. Now, I have, like, over 2,500 discs here. Yeah. But I really have, like, 1,470 individual titles. Gotcha. Okay. Well, see, I, I should ask. I My friend just added me to his Plex account, and he has over 2,500 movies on there. And I... And he's got, like, all the newest shit. He's got, like, Batman Hush. He's got a Battle Angel Alita. Now, I don't really like, because the, the server's at his house... And even though he lives in Brunswick, I don't get like a super clear picture because, you know, upload speeds are not great. So 
but it's still cool if I, you know, he's got like a whole Looney Tunes library on there, which is awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so but I should ask him, I'm curious what, well, that's how much space he, what I'm doing. I talked to my yeah. buddy, it's a tech firm and he's automating the whole process for me. Nice. So I should have that Plex server up soon. Sweet. So you're welcome, Sean. Well, I got this guy's. I'm good. So, all right, then fuck you, Sean. <laughs> I'm just saying he's got 2,500 movies. Do you have Batman Hush yet? <laughs> I'm not stealing shit. <laughs> he's not. No, it's out digitally. It's he's got a HD copy. Came out August or no? Uh, it came out while Comic Con was going on digitally. They released it on like a Saturday or some weird shit. No, oh, I didn't see it. Um, I'm just gonna wait for the disc on that one. Uh, but I don't. I don't know if he has stuff illegally on there. It's my. It's my buddy Mark. We're becoming friends, which is cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Jelly. <laughs> I need new friends. <laughs> but yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's it's he, he was He's the lead singer of Chimera. And... Shut the fuck up, really? Yeah. And... Uh, went to high school with my my old roommate in college. <laughs> yeah. But it, he's, a, he's just a super cool dude. And... I just sent him a message. He he Facebooked something. He was watching like Masters of the Universe. I had been watching some Masters of the Universe, but it's all stretched out. And I'm like, where are you streaming this from that it's in the four three aspect ratio or whatever? And we got to talking. He's like, dude, I'll he's like, I'll just add you to my Plex account. I was like, cool. And uh, I couldn't believe the amount of shit he has on his Plex account. The Looney Tunes stuff is actually what has me most excited because you, oh, dude, you can't find that Looney shit. Tunes, dude, I need that stuff too. Yeah, it's like that. Like I still have some classic cartoons on VHS because I don't think I could ever find that digitally. Yeah, and that and even when they were the, like when I've gone and looking for DVDs, they do these weird compilations and stuff. It's like, dude, just everything's so edited down. Well, it's, that and just it's just weird because like it's not even from the same years like just give me like you know 1967's Bugs Bunny cartoons you know do that though like uh, it's Warner Brothers they have the rights just put it out don't I don't know (laughs) just do it everyone's too woke for that no one can handle Looney Tunes anymore (laughs) Looney Tunes is fucking fantastic I know I remember watching Tom and Jerry every morning Tom and Jerry was great get that little shit get that little get that little mouse (laughs) I was just, always rooting for Sylvester. Well, he oh, wasn't even in, he wasn't even in that show. <laughs> I know. Fuck. I was always rooting for Tom. Uh, well, yeah, I was too. I was wanting him to catch Jerry. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember watching that at my great grandma's house. And then well, every time I think of Tom and Jerry now, though, I just think of itchy and scratchy. <laughs> like that's yeah, that, that's kind of how it is. But that's it's funny because that's such an extreme version because. They don't, you know, they don't do blood and gore. Yeah, they, they do drop refrigerators and anvils on each other and whatnot. But like, same with Wiley Wild, Coyote and the Roadrunner. Oh, you just want him to catch the fucking Roadrunner one time. Yeah, once. <laughs> just one time. Not know what to do. <laughs> I always remember like they always they, when they would bring up the anatomy of the Roadrunner, it had all these delicacy parts to them. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the best part of it. But no, this part, like the third neck bone down. <laughs> Yeah, the Looney Tunes stuff is just, it's fantastic. And it, it's like something I haven't been able to show my kids much of because it's hard to find that shit. Well, that and like, dude, I, do kids even out get killed a wabbit anymore? Oh, kill the wabbit. Yeah. Like, I can't hear Flight wabbit. of the Valkyrie without hearing that <laughs> in my fucking head. Ah, uh, what has been lost? <laughs> so much has been lost <laughs> because of all the woke Karens. 
that yeah. and the magpie or the you know, was it the magpies? Which one? The one with the crows. The crows. The crows where they had their own radio show and convincing the doc, oh. convincing oh. the farmer. Was about Heckle and Jekyll? No, we're talking about no. No, the the like the crows are the big orange beaks. Okay. We kept talking about how you need to take care of the lovely old magpie. And it's like, <laughs> literally, it's just the one hiding in the radio, talking through the radio. And he keeps feeding the fucking crows because these are supposed to be helpful and good luck. <laughs> nice. Huh. All right. We're just reminiscing at this point. So let's wrap it up. It's good reminiscing. It's uh. so, dude, are we down for the max? Um, hell yeah. Fuck yes. I fucking love the max. Did you read the comics at all or no? I did. No. Right. Uh, I think I got three trades. Never finished it. I did. And it it doesn't. I think after like issue 20, it gets fucking weird. If you think it was weird initially, like, I mean, eventually they just go off and it's not even about Julie and the Max anymore. It's about Sarah and her Max and her Max is a horse. And it's like it's all different it turns into happy. So what's that? <laughs> turns into happy. Um, no, no, no. It's just a no. It's not. It's not like that. It's just, it's just weird and different. I just wanted to follow, you know, the Max that we know, <laughs> and uh, but that's not Sam. Sam Keith wasn't down for that. He'd want to keep doing it. I loved his art style. Uh, that's the the background I have on my phone is a Sam Keith version of Venom. Oh no shit! Yeah, I saw you tweet that. Yeah, I I I love. I mean, oddly Spider Man work that is just outstanding. Have you been reading that? No, it's it's good, man. Nick Spencer doing the writing on that. Uh, and then... Dad, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Ultimate Carnage, but Jesus. Oh, that's going to be the The artwork shit. that I've seen from that, like, oh. Absolute Carnage, yes. Absolute Carnage. But Jesus, like, I like yeah. looking at the like the design where he's, like, so, like, spindly and... He's, just, like, gaunt. He looks like yeah. Jesus, kind of. I was like, dude, what the fuck well, is happening? Well, that's because it has something to do with the, the uh, Null, which is like the god of the symbiotes and they're always like in the recent run of venom they've been talking about like god is coming and so i'm guessing carnage must merge with null or something is and it becomes really powerful because he's taking on like the whole marvel universe for this crossover so i'm guessing there's something that's going to happen there and that's why he looks all weird is because he he must merge with with this null guy you should really read that most recent run of venom just get you marvel unlimited just start reading good stuff all right. Another subscription. <laughs> this one is totally worth it, though. I don't know if you've ever subscribed to it. Marvel Limited is fucking amazing. Ah, you will love it. All right, dear listener. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week with the Max. Oh, yeah. Game night is going to be starting Monday night. There's always Monday nights around 10 p.m. EST. And Donnie's Xbox is dead again. EDT right now. Son of a bitch. EST after November. Just a friendly reminder. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, did you see Trevor Bauer chuck that fucking ball into center field? No. Oh, my God. All right, we're going to know you guys see this clip. I've <laughs> okay. never seen a tantrum like this on a baseball field, ever. Dude's getting pulled from the game, literally takes the ball and chucks it from the mound over the center field fence. I, okay, I saw a picture of that on Facebook with, like, a green line showing how far. And I had no idea what it meant. I'm like, why is it started the the pitcher's mouth? Yeah, dude, dude just turned around and hurled it. <laughs> just said, fuck it. He just threw the ball. Okay. And Frank Kona comes out. He's like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can totally see it, like, on TV. Him saying, like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Enjoy Bye. your week. Yep. Later. <laughs>